1: Hey now, it's the Mike and JD Show, and I'm your host, Mike Gilbert, and I'm joined as always by JD by God Oliva. How you doing, JD?
0: Uh, it's been a week, man. It's been a week. I'll say that.
1: Yeah, you had an interesting week last week, so you weren't on the show. We had uh, BJ Bethel from uh, SE Scoops. Uh, he filled in for you, our friend, and um, he was tremendous on the show last week, and so we really were very thankful to him for stepping up at the last minute. But uh, how how did uh, how did coaching go last week?
0: Ups and downs. Um, freestyle was a little bit rough, as to be expected. Uh, one of my kids was an All American. Greco went pretty good. We won it at the U16 division, Team Illinois. Um, one of my kids made the finals, so I've made a. I've had a. I've, I've personally had a kid in on my club in the Greco finals every year since 2017. I don't think there's many coaches in the country that can say that. So I'm pretty pretty proud of that and then uh, because of our graco performance illinois wound up winning the the overall championship and between every division with the girls and the the graco and freestyle so pretty good but uh you know it's been interesting since coming home we'll leave it at that
1: yeah, so um, last week, I I took off of work on Friday, because my wife and my daughter had been gone for two weeks. They were in California visiting a family member. So I had a house to myself. As you guys noticed, I probably I did a ton of podcasts. I was just like, that's how I was filling up a lot of my time. I well, I was catching up on a lot of TV shows I don't get to check out and movies I don't get to check out and I, um, did a lot of guest spots on different podcasts and stuff like that. Well, so on Friday I, I took the day off to to go pick up my wife and daughter from the airport, and during that day they had a meeting, um, and they was like a climate assessment survey. Are you familiar with what that is? A climate assessment survey. So not no. not like climate isn't weather, but climate isn't like the culture of your of where you work, right? So Mm -hmm. basically a job satisfaction survey. Um, And so they, they filled it out. Well, they got the results of it. And so they did this huge uh, briefing. Um, They tiered it out with the different levels of employees. And so they, they tiered it out and I'm, I'm, I missed the briefing um, because I was obviously, I was on leave. And so during that, it was one, like one after another about how me and my team, are winning more awards than everybody else Hmm. and it's unfair. And they kept mentioning my name specifically saying he's so good at this. And and it's like, it's not fair and yada, yada, yada. And like some people are saying, well, they have an advantage because they have more time to which a a lot of people jumped to our aid and said, that's not exactly the case. Like they just do things differently than you guys. They like, and then we tried to, they tried to explain the process on my behalf. So I'm just getting all these text messages like this person's a hater. This person's a hater. This person hates you. And the only thing that they can say negative about me and uh, is that me and my team and I'm in charge of the team, we're winning too much. <laughs> so, so I'm just like, what do I do? Like, so I, I you know, I was just like, well, I just kind of laughed it off, and then I came in on Monday and like we had like this whole thing about it, me and my me and my immediate leadership, and I was just like. It's like, what, what, what will they have me do? I was like, I'm willing to help people out, you know, because when you when you win an award here, you have to, like, submit a document, right? And they, we, we call them bullet statements, but it's essentially kind of, like, breaking down the things that you accomplish during that quarter or during the year or whatever the time period is. And I was like, I will help them to be able to write those better um, if they ask for it. I'll help them even if they're competing against me and my team, Um But what I won't do is slow down so that way other people can catch up. And I think that's what they were wanting to do. Or they were wanting to create more awards, right? So it's like, hey, well, if everybody can't win an award, it's not that fair. So I think somebody suggested that they create more categories to that way more people could get more awards. And I'm like, guys, if everybody gets an award, then nobody gets an award. Like so, it was like I'm not willing to slow down, and I really don't think we need to open up and, and create more categories. I think that you guys, and this is my advice to everybody out there that's listening. Um, and I, you know, I do motivational speaking, I do all all kinds of stuff. If you're not, if somebody's beating you at something, and JD, you can you can appreciate this because you're a wrestling coach and you're an athlete. If somebody's beating you at something, there's two things that you can do about it: you can get mad, or you can get better. A lot of people choose getting mad and a lot Jesus. of times once a lot of time and then what they do and when they get mad, then it comes up with this whole other thing that, that falls under that anger. Right. It can't be because I'm good at what I do. It has to be because I have an advantage. Right. It's not like, oh, the playing field must not be fair because he's so far ahead. Um it, it must be that you know he he's doing something wrong, yada, yada, yada. But thankfully, all of my leadership had my back and um, unfortunately, I'm going up for another award tomorrow. <laughs> so I gotta gotta get up super early in the morning and, and I don't think I'm gonna win this category. So every quarter there's three categories you can go up for and I've won the first two and like I'm at the final level category. I don't think I'm gonna get that final level category because that opens up to the entire base, right? Um, I've won that award before, but it's a very hard one to get. I don't think I'm going to get it on this one, but, um, so I, I had been dealing with that and I just got out of a two hour meeting where they were complaining about it again. And I'm just kind of sitting, but they weren't mentioning my name. I was just kind of sitting there and I was like, guys, I'm going to hold a training class. I'm going to develop training. I'm going to hold a training class. I want you guys to all show up and I'm just going to help everybody. And then I got a text message on the side during the meeting said, Hey, I'm putting my airman, one of my younger people up for an award. And I'm having trouble writing the, uh, writing the document. Will you help me? And I said, motherfucker, let's go, let's get it done. I will come to you and I will sit there with you and I will help you polish this thing and make it look good to make sure that your person gets what they need. Um, which is ultimately hopefully a promotion. So, um, yeah, no, so that's what I've been dealing with the last two hours. When whenever you texted me, you're like, hey, I'm ready to go, man. I'm like, brother, I'm still at work and I was in the meeting listening to people complain.
0: Yeah, I figured something was up when when I when you said that and I was like, man, it's he's usually home by now. Um yeah. and I'm not gonna lie, I'm entertained hearing this about the military. Yeah. Right? That that just means you guys are like the rest of us, which makes me kind of no. happy.
1: Yeah, it's like, so, you know, it's kind of like, you know, employee of the month, right? Right. If the same, you know, like, you know, if the same person's getting it more often, then they must feel like that person's getting favoritism, right? But for me, I have my own team and we go up in like uh, our clinic, we call it the medical group, right? And we compete there and there's, you know, 300 of us, right? And we win at that level a lot, me and my team. I don't go up every single time. I've gone up twice in the last year. Um, and I've won both times in the last year, but I have a lot of people under me that I continue to submit every quarter and every quarter I usually get one or two. Right. But they just see my, my team name up there a lot. And it gets to be, it has to be kind of annoying for them. Um, and it's gotten to where now there's resentment building and I'm just like, fuck, now I got to manage all this resentment. Um, which is another thing that leaders struggle to do. It's like, you know, you got to do this stuff right to get promoted because they take a look at your resume, take a look at your record and awards for not only yourself, but the people that you manage are highly coveted in the military. Right. So when they see that you're, you're getting after it, that's what typically leads to promotions, which obviously leads to more money. So we got to do it. So I understand the frustration from people, but what I don't like is like, Oh, he must have an advantage. Cause how is it possible that he's won so many?
0: That's I see this a lot. It's a lot easier for people when they see success to get angry, right? Because I've done it too. Like you mm-hmm. see people winning, like you either like emulate, like, hey, what are they doing? And I've been on both sides of this. You either emulate yeah. what they're doing or you get resentful. And I've been there both because I've seen people do it in a way. It depends on who it is too. You look at a guy, you admire them. They're someone you mm-hmm. respect. Hey, I want to do kind of how they're doing it. And then you see someone be successful. Cause I've all seen this who uh, maybe did have unfair advantages, who maybe did things a tad unscrupulous to get ahead Mm -hmm. and then you get better. But from there, there's two, like you said, there's two things you can do. You can get better or you can get, or you can kind of stew in it and get more angry. (laughs) And it's a lot easier to get angry, right? Anger requires no effort. Anger is really easy to, to, to channel, right? Mm -hmm. It's really easy to be mad. It's a lot of work to kind of, to kind of get better, to try to get better. And the hardest part about trying to get better is, is getting introspective and being like, what, Can I do better? Right. That's hard Mm -hmm. for most people to say, I got to be better than what I am right now.
1: And it's, and it's really difficult for people to see someone having some success and maybe they beat you out for something. It's really harder for the, for you to then admit that maybe they, they had an edge on me there. Um, um, and that they won fair and square. And then to say, how did you do it? Right. And I think Mm -hmm. that, I think that goes with sports. It goes with life. You know, it's like if you, if you're wrestling somebody and then they defeat you, you know, it would probably take a lot of courage for you to like text that person afterwards. Like, Hey man, how did you get me in that? And then, and then to, to work on it, you see it sometimes in MMA, like after, like after two fighters fight and then the, the, you know, one guy wins and then the the loser of the fight like it's like man you really got me on that can you show me how you did that and then they go in together like it doesn't happen often but you, you do you do there's a level of humility there that you need but if you have that humility you're ultimately going to be successful now yesterday i gave this um i gave this like speech to a lot of so tech sergeants right so it's an e6 in the military i'm a master sergeant so i'm an e7 right and to get to my level as a master sergeant there's really it's a there's a boarding process. You don't really have to take a test. It's like they just take a look at your records, and then they all kind of get in a room, and then they vote, right? It's is so, simple as that. Um, and I said is that if you want to be a master sergeant, you have to do master sergeant shit, right? You have to look at what they're doing and what they're doing successfully, and you have to emulate that. I think that goes in line with athletics. It goes in line with music. It goes in line with anything else. Like some, some people, like Gable Stevenson's a freak. You're probably never going to be able to do what no. he does athletically, but he's also a hard worker, right? So you could probably emulate some of the hard work that he puts into it, some of the effort that he puts into it. Tom Brady the greatest quarterback of all time, I don't care about what anybody says, the greatest quarterback of all time, not the most athletic, didn't have the strongest arm, but what he had was a work ethic that could be unmatched by anybody, and he worked And he worked on his craft all year round. So it's like if you want to be successful like a Tom Brady or like a Gable Stevenson or, or like somebody successful in your field, emulate what they're doing. Take the good stuff, leave the bad, and try to apply it to what you're doing and to your profession.
0: You know, I'm gonna play devil's advocate for a minute because there aren't and I'm not saying for you, because you clearly do the yeah. right thing. You're preaching the you're preaching the right stuff. You know, I go, um, I'm not required to do the summer stuff that I do every year for my job. I do the I do the summer stuff because I want to, because I enjoy right. it. And um, it's how we get better, it's how we get kids better, and I want the kids to be doing it. So I can't how can I ask the kids to do something that I myself aren't willing to do? Correct. Right? And, um, we've been pretty successful, like our the high school I coach for. Um, we're not the best. you know, a couple of years ago, we were better than we were. We were nationally ranked last year, was a rebuilding year. But you know, like um, every year we've got, like I said every year we've got guys competing in these big tournaments. every year we' were placing guys in the state tournament. We do the right things just about all the time. But I see some of my coaching brethren who don't do the things that I do who disappear. You know when those three month year is over with, and some of them can be very successful mm-hmm. just because of um where they are. and like you know you get like and this is how in our state, what often happens is you get a group of dads together and they decide, well, we're gonna support this, and they send their and they'll send like their mercenary kids to one place, right? And I would normally I'd be okay with that if the guys were grinders right out there doing everything, you know, like helping support, you know, the rest of the state, you know, being leaders. Sometimes we don't see that. Sometimes guys just check out and then they have success and, you know, act like that, uh, you know, they, they do everything the right way. (laughs) Yeah. And it's, uh, not often the case. So there are, there are times and you're not, you're clearly, I know you, you're, you're, uh, you're one of the you. You speak well. You speak to leadership better than the, the overwhelming majority of people I know from my fields, right? But there are people that find success that, quite frankly, do not deserve it and stumble oh, as yeah. backwards into <clears throat> it, and will yeah. remain successful mainly for you know things like reasons of geography or you know uh, past you know uh, past accomplishments, but you know they don't really earn it. You know, but just, yeah. that is a thing.
1: Yeah, well, and that's the thing in the military, too. I've seen some really, really crappy senior non-commissioned officers, um, but they knew the right people. They hung out in the right circles, and they had the right people looking out for them, and they absolutely got ahead. Um, but that's not the majority. I would say the majority are the ones that are out there getting after it. Um, Not every system is yeah. perfect. The systems are flawed. Um, There are going to be some times where one person probably deserves the pr- the promotion more than the other person, but, you know, the system isn't completely fair, but it's about as the, f- the fairest system we got. And, and somebody actually, it's so funny you bring that up. Somebody actually asked me that question. It's like, how do I, how do I get ahead when you, when some of this stuff is going on? And I was just like, look, you know, I felt like some of that was going on about Vandenberg Space Force Base, more on that later, um, about Vandenberg. <clears throat> and I was like, the only way that i could cut through that is to just be undeniable right just to check every single box right that people aren't checking and then then some right like no i can't give them any type of excuse to not give me what i want out of this i'm not talking about awards I us talking about a promotion and mm-hmm. just different opportunities right so every big opportunity i raise my hand for and then whatever i raise my hand for i i killed it. Right. I, I just did a great job. Um, I was volunteering on my own time. I did stuff on the weekends. Um, I, I was the hungriest I've ever been during that. And then when it came time to it and they had to select somebody for promotion, the base said, you, they ranked me number one at like a hundred. Right. So it was, you know, I, I, I had to, I had to eliminate any type of possible excuse for them to deny me what I felt like I was going to get. Right. Um, I I just had that kind of drive at the time. Right now, dude, I'm 40. I I hit my 20 years next year. And so I I also try to be honest with people about that. It's like I, I have gotten the rank that I always wanted to get. And I never really wanted to get anything after that. So if I get anything after that, icing on the cake. I'm not willing to give up my weekends anymore unless I absolutely unless there's a mission requirement. I'm not going to volunteer to do any of that stuff anymore. I'm not staying late after work if I don't have to, right? <laughs> like, But I'm going to continue to take care of my people, make sure they look good. And then, of course, I put myself in for words too. So, um, yeah, it, it really is a crazy thing. Hey, guys, real quick, um, um, talk about success. Um, each week in the month of July, we're putting free episodes of our premium content over patreon.com slash fight game media. And this week you will get a free look at the uh, the of uh, Scott Edwards five-star Joshi show on the Patreon. He does a Patreon show. I know he has a, a free show, he does his YouTube stuff. Well, he also has a show on Patreon, and this week you're gonna get to check out his premium content for free. Patreon.com slash fight game media. But, um, yeah, look, the systems are what they are, and it's really difficult to kind of cut through those things, but sometimes you just got to be undeniable on it. It's a tough thing, man.
0: And there are certain certain things that, you know, hard work and and perseverance will overcome things. Like, I remember I was talking to a kid once down. um, He lost a match at the state tournament, and he was, like, really disheartened that he couldn't beat a three-time state champion. And I'm like, and I tried. It was hard to break it to this kid that nothing this person was going to do was going to win him that match. That kid was better than him, right? Yeah. And not only was that kid better than him, that kid also worked very hard, right? Yeah. Like, and he was like, "But you guys say, you know, we got to work hard." And I said, "I told him, I said, that the reality is, I said, if you don't work hard, you aren't even in this position, right? At some point, like, the universe. I mean, like, there are just certain things that you aren't going to win." based on your effort but the effort having that kind of an effort puts you in a position to be successful right yeah is the vast majority of people think that think that by like by working hard then you are deserved something else right when they ignore the fact that all hard work really does is put you in the conversation right you need to work hard so you can have the opportunity to do these things Mm -hmm. just working hard Is it necessarily enough to get the job done? And like I said, this kid, you know, I want to tell him you weren't going to beat him with a gun. You know? (laughs) Yeah. That's this kid's a multiple time all America. I mean, like it just, it it, it wasn't going to happen. And it was a very bitter pill for him to swallow. And like, and there, then there comes like realistic expectations. Like I'm never going to be the president of the United States. I'm okay with that. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like, but if I well, probably do Marvin, a better
1: job, but
0: yeah. Well, I would, you are in the military, <laughs> sir. So I'm going to leave that alone before someone gets in trouble. <laughs> oh, um, <that's> true. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm like, but I'm okay with it. Yeah, right. You can't. You you have. We want to say have realistic expectations, but you can't like settle for things. There's this. There's this. Yeah. Everything is such a slippery slope. Like you want to do the best you can, but maybe the best you can do isn't what you want.
1: Yeah. Right. Yeah, and. So, and I I tell people when it comes to like, you know, we're talking about military awards and stuff, you may not get it right now, but keep going after it, right? And you're like, I lost way more than I've won when it comes to those things. It's just a voting process. I just happen to have been more successful lately, right? But it's taken me a long time to even get to that point. And I always say that when you're going up for an award or you're going up, so like, if, if you're going up, think about it in Hollywood, if you're going up for, an Oscar, right? And you don't win. It's still a big thing to even be up there, like being recognized with everybody else and, and not, and it's not always, you know what I mean? And it's like, and then you just keep working at it. Now, now everybody kind of knows your name and they see your name in a positive light. That's going to pay dividends later, right? Like now you have that, you add it to your resume. That's going to pay dividends later. People are going to see the hard work that you're putting into your craft and hopefully it pays off.
0: I'm so glad you mentioned the Oscar thing. There's something I put on, on my Twitter yesterday because I was thinking about stuff and um, t- trying to process my own goals. About 2016, however many years ago that was, I filmed a conference with Brian Cranston. He of uh, Malcolm in the Middle and later Heisenberg. Uh, Breaking Bad. Heisenberg. Yeah. Exactly. This is right after uh, Breaking Bad had finished. And uh, he was speaking at Chicago Ideas Week. And it, that's just, this it used to be this big seminar. Where they would bring in all these like big thinkers. Like I've shot a ton of these these like um these conferences with like some of the finest you know academic minds and you know big thinkers, politicians, you know movers and shakers. And they brought Brian Cranston, and people were very excited about this. I was very excited about this. Yeah. And he was talking to everybody, and he gave us he and he talked about this. Is this is something that that I've tried to live by? But I'm not I'm not man enough to live by it yet. I'm trying though. And he said a sentence that, that really sucked me. It's the act of creation is itself the reward. What that means is like when he goes like when I'm doing a performance, my reward, what I get out of it is how I performed. Right. Is I put everything into making this performance and I made this performance literally the best that I can make it. And I have to take solace in that because I have no control over. What you think of my performance, I have no control over what any kind of an academy or what anyone else thinks about. I have no control over how well the m- a movie or TV show is going to sell or what you know. What I'm saying he was like, I can't, I cannot control the outside forces around it. All I can do is focus on what I'm doing and make that the best it can be. And I have to accept that is the opportunity to create the opportunity to do the thing that I love that most people don't have the option, the opportunity in their life to do. Right. And I just thought that was such a beautiful thing. And I, 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 Because again, it's so easy to get, especially in the stuff that I like to do, coaching and writing, it's so easy to get bogged down in the, well, why can't I get this? Why can't I get that? Like, I work really hard. Why is this? Maybe I don't have the talent. You know what I'm saying? It's so hard to let the imposter syndrome weigh down on you and beat you up when it's much easier to sit there and focus on, this is what I'm doing. I'm going to do the best I can in this, and the outcome is what I get. Mm-hmm. Whatever else happens around mm-hmm. it is literally out of my control. So if if good things come from it, cool. If they don't, that's also cool. I got this one thing and that's all I can control. It's really just a, a fancy of saying control what you can control.
1: <clears throat> yeah. Yep, yep. It's like uh, I don't want to do the Serenity Prayer here, but <laughs> but you know it's kind of it's kind of you know like that. We accept the things we cannot change. Have the courage to change the things we can, and the wisdom to know the difference. NFL Sunday Ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV, which means that it just got easier to be an NFL fan, even if you live far away. Like maybe you like the Bears, but you're hibernating in Panthers territory. But with NFL Sunday Ticket, your out-of-market team is never more than a short distance away specifically the distance from you to your remote control. NFL Sunday Ticket, now on YouTube and YouTube TV. Go to youtube.com slash presale to get $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919, no refunds. Subscription auto renews. Um, guys, this is not a motivational speaking podcast. I just had Could some stuff on me. my mind. <laughs> I had some stuff on my mind cause I had just gotten out of a two hour meeting. Awesome. Um, and, uh, and I've been doing, I did two like big speeches this week to a lot of people. So, um, I just kind of had stuff on my mind, but, um, so to wrestling, um, the, our lead topic today, Oh, wow. This uh, is a wrestling podcast. I forgot. This is a wrestling podcast for the most part, but we get into all kinds of weird stuff. Which we will be getting into later. Weird. Um, yeah, weird. So, all in, we got some updates. So far, there's really no... What updates uh, do we have? There's no what matches announced per there's AEW, no... but Sean Ross Sapp was able to do his due diligence to try to dig up a rumored match. Um, and this is something that's been kind of getting tossed out there for the last couple of weeks, but Sean actually put, uh, put his name on the rumor. And it's a uh, Chris Jericho versus Will Ospreay, rumored for All In, man. What do you think about that?
0: I think we heard about this a couple weeks ago, and I'm glad that it's finally caught wind so we can finally talk about this. Um, I have a controversial take.
1: I'm okay with it. I think it's fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I've seen people go crazy because they just don't like Chris Jericho the person. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, I, and maybe I'm wrong about that. Maybe they really just no, you're don't right. like his matches. I, but I feel like the whole Trump stuff and him doing conspiracy podcasts, which I happen to enjoy as conspiracy podcasts. I like weird stuff. Right. We're going to get into a little bit that later. Um, so I, like, I, none of that stuff bothers me. and And he doesn't bother me. Like, the guy votes differently than me. I don't care. I think he's one of the all time great performers. That, that we've ever seen in wrestling, right? All around performers. Like he's had good matches. He's had five-star matches recently, right? It hasn't been that long since he had his last five-star match. Is he the same guy that he was 10 years ago? No, the guy's in his 50s, but he's still a great performer. And guess who he's wrestling? Will effing Osprey. Best right? wrestler on earth. Bet you know what? I I I think that there's an argument to be made there, and I don't think it's a very good one. Because I think it's like hands down, like it's it's got to be him right now. As far as in the ring, as far as match quality goes, I think that he is the most consistently great performer that we have seen um in the last couple of years. Kenny Omega has slowed down a little bit, could still go. He's not going as often as he used to, but the guy's still capable. I think right now, and, and I this is this is not going to pay off for Osprey long-term, but he is going at a rate where he's having consistently amazing matches more so than anybody else right now. So, I mean, he is a tremendous performer. They're going to be in that stadium. Jericho... Is likely to be the babyface. You know they're going to sing his song, and whatever people think about the song, I think it's one of the great wrestling entrance themes of all time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know it gets people going. They're singing it. They know every single word. I think it's a perfect wrestling theme for Chris Jericho. Um, Don Callis is going to be involved. There's going to be a lot of Gaga. I I think they're going to tear the house down.
0: It's going to be fine, right? And that thing is like who. I, I... I lean hard to the left. I don't care how Chris Jericho votes. I don't particularly care for some of the people that are on this podcast. So I don't listen to it. It's really Bingo. that easy. It's really yeah. that easy. Like, but I'm not going to make a value judgment on a human being or a performer based on some stuff that realistically doesn't matter all that much. Yeah. Right, it doesn't matter. And I think I know people I know AEW fans want the Kenny Omega Will Ospreay rematch. That is a new Japan match. Wrestle Kingdom is going to get that match. I know yeah. this got put into the zeitgeist that AEW needs to make Will Ospreay in the way that um WWF made Davy Boy Smith at Summerslam 92. There's a couple problems with that. One, Will Ospreay does not work for all elite wrestling. hmm why, I've said this for months, why would you do this for a guy that doesn't work with you? Well, he might work with you. Yeah, we might not. He might yeah. stay at New Japan. He might go to WWE. That would be dumb. Mm-hmm. Let him have a big match. This is perfect. Like, Oh, and by the way, that big Davey Boy Smith thing, he was out of the company two and a half months later. So, you know, didn't yeah. really make a match. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. I mean, like, I, I don't see a problem with this. Is it the big work rate Uh, gigantic, you know, Kenny Omega style match we wanted. No, we probably not. But you know what? We got that. It already happened. You're going to get it again. Let it be special. Like, I don't know what Chris Chris Jericho, Will Ospreay would look like. I really don't. I'm kind of curious. Will Ospreay is not the guy who did matches with Ricochet anymore. You know, the guy who does matches with Kenny Omega is pretty awesome. Let's see what he can do with Chris Jericho. That's different. That's intriguing. That's something that I Never thought about so,
1: yeah. I, honestly, honestly, when I first heard about this, I was like, that's actually kind of brilliant. Um, because I, I, they're gonna want to put over Osprey in, in the UK. I think that's a smart thing. I think if you're New Japan, you're gonna want your guy in his hometown going over in front of that mm-hmm. big crowd. If you're gonna give up a talent that's as important to them as Osprey is, not that Osprey can't lose because he can. Um, I think on this show, if New Japan is gonna give up one of the guys, they're gonna want him to win. Uh-huh. I, and and I think that's just good business. And if you're AEW, you got one of the all-time greats. You got Chris Jericho. Chris Jericho can, right now, he can lose more than he wins, and he always comes out great afterwards, right? I mean, the guy lost to fucking Action Andretti. He lost to Ricky Starks. He's lost a lot of matches this year, and the guy just stays over. He's bulletproof. So And now they add Don Callis to the mix. They've already started to tell the story with Don Callis and Callis has been recruiting Will Ospreay, I, th- I think this thing is going to work out great. I'm actually really looking forward to it.
0: Yeah, me too. It's going to be fun. I think that uh, I'm interested in what Chris Jericho and Don Callis are doing right now. It's um a little more subtle than a lot of things going on in AEW at the moment. I don't quite know how it's going to play out, but Don Callis has been pretty great in everything he's done here. So, yeah, I'm on board. I just... I can't fuster. I can't fester up the fake outrage. Yeah, around, right. I can't. Get, yeah. I can't pretend that I'm mad at something that is gonna be fine. <laughs> yeah,
1: it's 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 gonna be completely fine. If actually, I'm I'm guessing it's gonna be better than fine. I yeah. I, I feel like it's gonna be really good. I think um, so too. What I don't. What, what I I'm curious to hear what you have to say about this. We haven't really talked about this. Um, and I I I haven't been a fan of Jungle Boy in a while. I've been wanting him to turn heel. I feel like the heel turn was the way they did it initially with Hook um, at uh, the the new J- the, the New Japan show. What the hell was that called? Forbidden Door. Um, bit forbidden. Sorry, I, I got um, Multiverse United on the brain. So yeah, for Forbidden Door, um, I, I I thought that was good. I just feel like everything since then has not been that good. And then last night he is um, carrying around the FTW title, which whatever you think about that title is fine. Um, And he's starting to do the anti-ECW stuff in his promos to dig up a dead brand from 2001 um, that has been kind of a trope that unfortunately Impact ruined for me. With all the times that they decided to do it, including sure. earlier this year. And then I saw not only that, WWE did it a few years ago when they brought the Dudley boys back. And all of a sudden they did another thing where a bunch of heels were coming out being anti-ECW. And so they recruited Tommy Dreamer, they recruited Rhino. So every time I've seen this happen in the last 10 years, it's sucked. Right. And then I hear I hear Jungle Boy last night. Cut one of the worst goddamn promos I ever heard in my life. I'm probably exaggerating, honestly. Wasn't very good, very forced. The guy just puts on a a black leather jacket and grows a shitty beard, Mm. and now he's a heel. I, I just didn't think it was good. And then now I love Jerry Lynn, by the way. One of like I I was a big ECW fan. I love Jerry Lynn. Um, He comes out to defend the honor of the FTW title and in ECW. ECW's been dead. Jerry Lynn is more important in AEW than he ever was in ECW. I know he was a star there, but he's been a he's been a day one guy here in AEW. Nobody gives a fuck about ECW anymore. And JD by God Oliva said it perfectly on the Brace for Impact uh, podcast. Can we let the Attitude Era die? Can we just let it die, right? And ECW is attitude era shit. I'm I just don't I just don't care about it. I don't understand why we have to go this way with Jungle Boy. I know the heel turn isn't exactly working out the way that they wanted. So this is going to get him some cheap heat. I just I just thought the whole thing sucked.
0: I'm not nearly as passionate about this as you are. <laughs> um, yeah. I, for the guy that usually has all the like big explosive takes i honestly honestly i thought the whole thing was fine he got a lot of booze coming out he got a lot yeah. of booze he did not cut a great promo with the booze someone's got to work with him goes hey man when you're getting booed just let him boo you that's what dom does yeah. and it works great like it's what don yeah. Callis does who just soak in those booze because people are starting to dislike jack perry jungle boy is dead um i don't like beethoven no, don't like Beethoven. I saw. I think it was in our Discord before I bounced from the Discord uh, that someone suggested 90, using the nine hundred two one zero theme for Jack that was, Perry.
1: That was Joe, my cousin Joe. He somebody That's actually freaking brilliant. A, he posted a video in the Discord from Reddit. Somebody actually did his walkout, replaced Beethoven, and put the nine hundred two one zero theme, and it was fucking great.
0: It it would work perfectly. Tony Khan <laughs> loves spending money on useless things. Um yeah. And people, I think that's something he should. I, <laughs> sorry, boom, boom. Sorry, uh, I think that um, I think it'd be great actually with him. I think honestly, I'm I'm higher on the the Jack Perry thing than I think most people are. I think there's something there, right? I think the kid is easily hateable. I think he's still figuring it out. Brit Baker took her a long time to be a good heel, and she got there and to the point where people started loving her. Like we had to watch Roman Reigns figure figure out how to be a heel for years before he figured it out, yeah. right? Now he's figured yeah. it out. Like that's part yeah. of that's part of what's great about wrestling is that like it's watching people evolve. Like not everybody mm-hmm. is a finished product, nor should they be a finished product. Now, to your point about ECW, I would agree with you, except for the fact that Taz brought the stupid belt into this company and they're finally doing something with the stupid belt, right? Yeah. Where he says, This is a stupid belt. This belt <laughs> yeah. is stupid. So I'm like, okay,
1: uh, now we're but on. That's to a, but that's a babyface move for me. I'm like <laughs> It's like yeah. yeah you're right yeah you're right it is a stupid belt uh I saw somebody on Twitter say you know they should just throw it over a bridge and I said no put it in an actual yam bag because Taz like you say like, go to me into yam bag shut the fuck up you idiot it's see loser. you're letting
0: your this is you letting your impactness show through because Taz drives you crazy and anything yeah. ECW bring back drives you crazy and that's just from yeah. you know years of and of impact I, abuse.
1: I used to walk around in a Taz t shirt. By the way, I was such a Taz fan when he was in ECW, and I just am not a big fan of his announcing.
0: So actually, I actually I like Taz. I like this podcast. I'm a fan of his announcing. I'm, I I
1: did like, I like his like podcast. Taz. Yeah,
0: I like I like Taz. I got a soft spot. Maybe I'm alone in that. Um. I think that if they're going to do something... If we have this stupid belt, and it gets... If this leads to the end of the FTW belt, I'm okay with it because it makes sense. Like, it's not yeah. just bringing back ECW for the sake of bringing back ECW. Like, you've got a guy... You've you've got the dumb belt. You're calling out the fact the belt is dumb. Do something with it. And realistically, Jerry, I don't have a problem with Jerry Lynn having a match in 2023. No. This People say, wanna... all I'm upset about it. I want to watch no. this.
1: I, I, I'm a big fan of Jerry Lynn. I love it. I just... If Jerry, I just don't care about Jerry Lynn defending the honor of ECW. That just doesn't interest me. But Jerry Lynn defending the honor of AEW, a guy he's been there, or defending the honor of veteran wrestlers, you know, what I mean? I'm cool with that. But ECW, I don't care.
0: Uh, yeah, and again, once again, because you've had yeah. this being to death. <laughs> yes. And This clearly, this clearly is designed to bring somebody in,
1: right? Because yeah.
0: Jerry, because I've watched decades of pro wrestling, Jungle Boy is gonna beat the shit out of Jerry Lynn. Somebody's gonna make a save. Right. Yeah. Somebody or he's going to go through a couple ECW guys because that's how pro wrestling goes. Who who is that going to be? Um, my fear, my fear was they're going to do a favor with Impact and bring Bully Ray in. And then I have to quit the show.
1: <laughs> uh, no, no, you cannot, sir. I honestly what I would love, I would love for them to bring in Tommy Dreamer oh god would, then i have to quit again that, no that would be what i want because these fucking AEW fans deserve this pain because <laughs> uh, <you know, laughs> they have such a good product all the time dynamite yeah. dynamite's never really all that bad like no, there's some bad shows that are is. like better than others yeah but when dynamite when a dynamite episode is bad it's really not even that bad like this i i didn't think this week's episode was all that good i still haven't it finished fine. it just because i was Cause I was just kind of bored with it. So I didn't even finish it yet, but I wouldn't even say like there was other than, you know, tie in Britt Baker, like everything else was, I thought was pretty decent. I didn't look and, and I, I'm being a little tough on jungle boy. And I think it's cause I don't like the, the, the ECW addition to it. You don't I like, feel Jungle like, Boy. well, and so I, as far as let's get back to jungle boy. What I don't want is I don't want them to give up on him. Cause he's still a young guy. And I don't like think you said he's a yeah. ev- he's evolving. He's learning. I, I feel like the execution hasn't been great yet, but he has to go through this stuff. Yeah. He's got to. You know, I, I watched a um a documentary on Paramount Plus called uh, about the Comedy Store. Oh. And they said one of the biggest teachers for comedians, and even the greatest comedians today's greatest comedians, they will go and they will try their material at the Comedy Store and they will bomb. Some of your favorite jokes from modern comedians that you love started out as really shitty jokes and really shitty bits. So they will go there and they will bomb completely, which I think is what independent wrestling is designed for and things like that. But they don't – AEW doesn't – like the talents are allowed to do indies. They're allowed to do all this stuff. I, I think that's what NXT is designed for. I think with Jungle Boy, look, you can't put the toothpaste back in the tube. You're not going to send it back to the miners because I think people will hold that against him. I think you got to let this guy walk through the fire and, and bomb and, and get better. And you, you could see people come through that and be great. We saw it with Roman Reigns. We're witnessing it right now with Dominic Mysterio. Right. WWE has given him a lot of advantages. They piped in some booze and stuff like that. But he has come through that and he is a, he has become not in the ring match quality wise, but he's become a really good performer for them and he's gotten really over. Right. So I think that they need to have Jungle Boys back on this stuff. Don't listen to guys like me bitching. Right. Just support the kid.
0: I agree with you 100%. I think one of the things you can't criticize WWE about is their willingness to stand by people they believe in. Yeah. They stood by John Cena. They stood by Roman Reigns. Those are top-notch guys that had a lot of stumbles figuring things out, but they stuck with them. And when they believe in somebody, they stay not always, but when they believe in somebody, they'll give them a lot of chances. And I think Tony Khan has shown that when he believes in somebody, he's going to give them multiple chances, right? Cause that's how you get better. We talk a lot about what well, this is this show today. So i going go in this into the growth mindset, right? We talk about growth mindset stuff in wrestling all the time. Like, um, we brought in this, this clinician. He talked about how he used to coach at Harvard. and They have the A to B to C, right? And they'll go A to B to A to B to C, right? When you're trying something new, oftentimes it doesn't work, right? You need to get better at scoring. So I have to get better. I'm going to develop my high crotch. So I'm going to work on my high crotch. And the idea is if I shoot a high crotch in practice, I get squashed. The guy who walks around me. Well, clearly I shouldn't shoot the high crotch. No, wrong. You need to shoot the high crotch. You need to get better at it. Cause you need to develop that attack. You need to be able to go yeah. to both legs. I'm some wrestling analogy. Cause it's fresh in my head. So you yeah. need to keep working on that to get better at it or else you're never going to get better at it. Right. You need to fail. You need to fail. So you can go back to formula and figure out, okay, this worked, this didn't. Now I have to do this better. Right. And then you go from, failing to just getting better sometimes. Then you go from getting better sometimes with it to getting better most of the time with it. Then you're scoring within the practice room and the next thing you know you're in a flow state. Boom, there's that high crash and you just scored with it. But that comes from repetition and being willing to fail. Some people aren't willing to fail, most people never grow. Most people never mm-hmm. get better. I'll say this for AEW with Jungle Boy with Jack Perry is they've seen him fail Right, because I said that I said before, right? People will argue with me up and down on this like that. The all the um the world title program exacerbated his problems, and that is a good thing because that is what he needs to get better at. And you can mm-hmm. say, Well, I don't need to see it, I don't need to do it. Well, that's fine. That's fine. It's sold tickets, sold pay-per-views. Yeah. You know what? He's gonna get better. It's part of his evolution, right? And the yeah. whole story, the whole story the whole root squash, it's all about the fact of telling you Jungle Boy isn't ready. And he told you that himself with the story. That was the story. <laughs> that yeah. was the story they were telling yeah. you. was Jack Perry isn't ready. Do stuff like that in Japan all the time. How's Yoda Suji doing in the G1?
1: Uh, don't get me started on that. Not he should have beat Sonata. He should have no, beat Sonata, damn it. He's got to get better. That's <laughs> in, the story. in the G1. He's I know. He lost the title better. match. I wanted, I love dudes. Yota Suji. I know. I know. But he's so great. He is like, great. I know I know like, he's the, losing, but the
0: story is he's got to get yeah. better legitimately. Yeah. They all got to get better. Right. So let's let's circle this back. I truly believe that this is to bring in somebody. Yeah. Right. I don't know who that is. If it's the Sandman, I think I'm going to run my face into a wall. If it's Tommy <laughs> Dreamer, I I just left one show with Dreamer and Bully Ray. That broke me <laughs> earlier this year. So who of these fossils can have a match that people would get oh. into. Cause again, we are, let's pretend Tony Khan is building to all in. Let's just pretend yeah. that let's the show is, like trying. is
1: actively happening. Yeah.
0: Let's just pretend that he cares about building to his <laughs> pay-per-view. Who is a guy that he could do that with from ACW that could have a good match. Still Masato Tanaka would be cool. Uh, yeah, that's someone that yeah. popped into mind. I, Cause he can still go. Masato Tanaka yeah. can still go, and you know Tony um,
1: Khan's a hardcore fan, and you probably watched T- Tanaka at Noah earlier, tear it down. Did what about
0: what about Rob Van Dam? What I mean, RVD has yeah. it's been it's been a while since we've seen him. Well, I think he's got some concussion
1: yeah. issues, but I mean, what if yeah, it's Rob? You know, Van Dam? I did a I did a story on him back on uh, the old Combat Republic days, um, where he has severe concussion issues, and I actually like no, not published my story, Rob Van Dam. What's that? So
0: not Robin. So it won't be well, Robin. No, so,
1: no, no, he wrestled for Noah earlier this year too. So like, oh, you're still, right. I yeah, forgot. The guy's still working. So he was at the time, this was 2020. He was working for impact. He did a podcast with stone cold, Steve Austin I actually retweeted the clip earlier because, uh, uh, because JD and and John and I were batting around ideas about who it could be. And, somebody um i think it might have been jd i actually i think it was you jd said you know but what about rob van dam he's connected to jerry lynn well i i went and dug up my old tweet you're ruining our bits man you're ruining our bits (laughs) well well i dug i dug up my old i dug up my old tweet and um i i remembered that yeah he has these concussion issues i dug up my story I wrote a story about it, and I was pretty passionate. It's like this guy's got severe concussion issues, memory loss, you know, yada yada yada. He said he's had over a hundred concussions in his career, and that he wasn't going to be wrestling much longer. And then I actively told, said it in the public as like, Impact, you got to stop. I'm not saying the guy should get fired. He can do other things in the company, but you can't let the guy wrestle anymore. Um, and then he continued to wrestle, and then I think he took a bunch of time off, and then he was working Noah most recently, I think, either at the end of last year or early at the beginning of this year. Um, could he come in? Look, there has been talent with some neck and injury issues that WWE wouldn't clear that AEW was able to clear, right? You know, Paige. Um Brian Danielson did get cleared, but uh, I was to say Page, let's Page, be fair. Brian pages Page one, yeah. is the first one to come to mind. New Japan wouldn't clear Shibata. AEW was able to clear Shibata. Would they be willing to clear Rob Van Dam? I don't know. Like WWE wouldn't clear Sting. He, Sting's had a whole fourth career uh, in the last couple of years. So I'm I'm saying it is possible, and hopefully he's healthy, and hopefully you know if he does work a match, it'd be great. Another guy that I don't think enough people are talking about, um, not connected to ECW, but connected to jerry lynn very much so to the beginning of their careers oh x Pac. what do you do there was a rumor going around a few months ago that aew was talking to x Pac. right at one point and then maybe they couldn't get a deal done he wrestled for game changer not that long ago um i think he got, got a hurt in a match with janella or something like that but he's seems like he's healthy and could go i think that would be cool if it's x Pac. count me in
0: I would be shocked if Sean Waltman is not on a WWE legends deal based on who's in charge yeah. in that company. Yeah. But if that, that actually, cause AEW likes to have the deep continuity for the super nerds, like mm. the people listening to this show. Like, so if Sean Waltman were to show up in defensive Jerry Lynn, people will go crazy and it would make complete sense. And yeah. you know, 10 other dudes would be like, that doesn't mean I don't understand it. <laughs> so, you know, people yeah, would get context? all buttered what's the context yeah. of this i don't, you know how yeah. is the average fan supposed to get this so well,
1: well, they 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 need to show me a vignette about why they, you don't, they need to do it before the surprise happens jd like you can't just do the surprise you have to do the you have to show all the matches and stuff that they went through all the, over the years uh, and then do the surprise that's what they want
0: mike they they're doing more video packages <laughs> than they've ever done yeah. in the existence of this company they explained the heel turn at the beginning of the show right <laughs> they explained it, and there's I, I don't know what more they can do. They yeah. can't make people happy, I guess. Um yeah. Sean Waltman in this company, sign me up. I'd be fine. If yeah. he's got one more match left in him, I would like to see X-Pac do some kicks in a Bronco Buster to mm-hmm. to old Jack Perry. Yeah. I would call her, you know, sign me up for that. That would be fun. I would be in full support of that. I don't think it would ever
1: happen, though. No. Because because he's a click guy, right? Well, well he, he might be on that Legends deal, but... He did do Game Changer. I don't know if WWE Legends are allowed to do Game Changer. I don't know. Game
0: Changer. First of all, I don't think there's any laws when it applies to Game
1: Changer wrestling.
0: It is the most outlawed <laughs> promotion of all time. Yeah. Uh, I I would, if he's not under a Legends deal, he would be the second anyone sniffed this. Yeah, because they they're not gonna want one of their guys, and that you know it's just it's not Sting because Sting was never really their guy, right? right. Like, I would be shocked. I would be pleasantly surprised if Sean Waltman came in. Dude, that that would be great, actually. Yeah. I would love
1: yeah. that. that. That would rule. I would love to it see Waltman, like, because he's clean. You know what I mean? And yeah. Like, the end of his career did not go very well because of all the drug <laughs> issues. He's gotten himself clean. Last I saw, he gotten himself into really good shape. He's just a guy that, like, a veteran that everybody loves. I would love... To see this guy yeah, get too. one last run in pro wrestling in his fifties, because he's he's Jericho's age, mm-hmm. right? They're the same age. May, may, I know he had the the really bad neck issues for a long time, and I know he had didn't he have hepatitis or something like that? And then like, uh, but so. he got the he took the medication, and now it's out of his system, so he's good to go. So if he's healthy and can go, and he's on a Legends deal, if you're asking Mike who the pick is, I I like I personally. I'm a bigger Rob Van Dam fan than I am an X-Pac fan, but because I know of his concussion issues and he's wrestled recently, um, I think I would rather see X-Pac in this spot, even though he's not connected to ECW. Actually, more so because he's not connected to ECW because I don't give a fuck about ECW anymore. Isn't
0: that sad that we've had so many ECW revivals that I've learned I've grown to hate ECW? Um, Yeah, man. (laughs) Color me in. I guess they have to call him 6-Pac? Or just Sean uh, Waltman, I guess, when he I came in? I think he
1: might. You know what? You, you know how, like, Billy Gunn didn't own that name up until he went to AEW? So the, the 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 domain, the IP domain or whatever, it expires after time. And if WWE doesn't pick it up, you have the option to, to buy your own name. Yeah. So that's why Billy Gunn owns the rights to Billy Gunn. He might actually own the rights to Xbox. He might. That'd
0: be cool. I'd, you yeah. know what? I'm, I'm hoping that you put this into the world and it actually happens, because now I'm super interested.
1: Yeah, yeah, C- count me in for that. Um, you know, so let's, let's, I don't want to talk about Taya for too long, but I do have Taya listed here as one of the topics. You know, she posted a tweet earlier and I wanted to get into it where people were insulting her match, which I think is fair game. Mm-hmm. I, I did not like that match with Britt Baker. It was um, not good. And I, and you know what? And I bet Britt and Taya don't like that match either. Sometimes mm-hmm. things just don't work out, right? Um, but when people got into, making fun of her looks and making fun of all this other stuff and saying the harsh things, she's a human being, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I know Taya Valkyrie is a character, is a fictional character um, on television, right? She has a real name. But when you start attacking, like, physical characteristics of somebody, male or female, doesn't matter, when you start to do that, like, they feel that stuff and they see it. And they read it. You got to be careful with that stuff. Um, and you know what? And and her run has not been good. I'll be honest. Like I have not been impressed with this run in AEW. And I think saying that is fair game, right? If someone's not living up to their potential, you call them out on it, right? That's what these podcasts are about. It's critical thinking, right? But talking about her appearance and the the thing, the mean things that people were saying about her, I, I off limits. I, I I'm not down with that stuff.
0: No, I agree with you 100. Um, percent In our BFI chat, I was like, I, I was like, I'm hard on Taya. I was when, yeah. when the show was braced for impact. I don't think she's very good, but I don't think she's a bad human being, and I don't think she's done anything to deserve the flack people get. Like, it's one thing. Like, if you go, if you go at a dude online who's a hot takes guy, that's what they want. They want that engagement. They want you to the arguments and stuff like that. Guilty as charged. Um, yeah. I went at Matt Coon this week, um, last week, I should say, when I was bored at Fargo. Uh, I got blocked. Um, <laughs> called him out on his, you know, dumb takes. The performers don't do that. They're just performing, right? They're creating, They're creating stuff for our entertainment. Now, when you do that. You have a chance to really do something, right? Now, unfortunately, it opens people up to unnecessary criticism that they do not deserve. There is no reason why a grown man or woman can should get on there and ridicule someone's appearance, right? or whatever, just to, to pop your friends or, you know, entertain yourself. You know, realistically too, if you can say the match isn't good, which I don't think is a problem, but you don't got to at the person. There's no reason that she should wake up in the morning and just be deluged with all kinds of insults. And a lot of those is because people feel the need to tag people, right? They want people to know that there's an issue with them. Like, Oh, I want presumably, I got this great zinger. I'm going to make sure that you, this person sees it and dah, that 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 it's not right, man. Like, if you have an issue with someone's performance, just say, "Hey, I didn't think Ty and Britt was very good." You don't gotta tag them. Just say, "I didn't think it was very good. I thought the match sucked." Because, quite frankly, the match did suck.
1: Yeah. Like, look, I, I get it. She she hasn't really lived up to her billing. I think when they I think when they brought her into AEW, there was really high hopes with her. Why and. Well, well, because I'll be honest, like she was kind of seen very favorably among impact fans and most of that centered around her 2018 to 2020 run where she was champion for a long time she had really good matches with tessa blanchard um and when and some others and then when she and then she had a really good match with uh diana perrazzo and a really good match with jordan grace but then when you take a look at those three wrestlers it's like okay maybe 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 that had more to do with it she didn't really live up to her potential in nxt um, and I know not a lot of people, not a lot of people listening to the show probably watched it. And then when she came back to Impact, they kind of hid her in uh-huh. in a in a trio's kind of tag team, like a Freebird style tag team. So I she has regressed by since I first started watching
0: her. comparing the Death Dolls to the Freebirds, sir. I just said style <laughs> where they have three people in it. JD, those matches were ass. By the way, we we covered <laughs> them all.
1: Yes, y- yes, yeah, yes, they were.
0: <laughs> Free birds. Yeah. Did you
1: see this picture float
0: of the Iron Claw floating around. I
1: did, Internet? I did. I, dude, I'm excited for the Iron Claw. I, yeah, I, me too. I'm man, I'm really like, like I know, I know, like there's gonna be some real nerds out there. Like, well, actually, that match did not actually take place in 1983. It was 1981. Look. They fictionalize stuff for Hollywood, okay? You gotta check your brain at the door, but they're telling a story about one of the most famous and tragic families in the history of wrestling. Count that as a win, and they got legit actors in this thing.
0: Yeah, they got um, Zach Efron and uh, the guy who stars in The Bear, whose name escapes me at the moment, but he's uh, yeah. he's with all the, all the rage right now. Um, this should absolutely be the most depressing movie of the last ten years. And if it's not, it's then they've messed up. Um legitimately, how much steroids is Zach Efron on in this movie?
1: Um the answer is all know, of I, them. All so I think I think he was like, hey Brian Cage, um can you can you tell me who your pharmacist is? <laughs> who is I want to take all of them. Yeah, who's your guy all of cage?
0: <laughs> he, and, I'm and not like, saying they, I'm, I'm I'm not legitimately saying Zach Efron is on steroids. He's on steroids. He's just in he's just in excellent shape. <laughs> Excellent,
1: excellent. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. He's he's even got the steroid belly where like his stomach is yeah. protruding a little bit, but it's all muscle. That that, weird,
0: that, man. that that mid 80s WWF gut. He's, <laughs> he's kind of got a little bit of that going. That being said, I mean, like it looks awesome. Like I looked at him, I clearly went, well, that's Kevin. That's Carrie. That's Mike. That's mm. David. Like, it's yeah. very obvious who's playing who in this. And and it could really do something with this movie. I hope God, I hope it's good. I hope it's good because we've never had like a serious pro wrestling movie before.
1: Well, we had, we had the wrestler and, and I, and I really like the wrestler Mickey Rourke, but really, really that's, yeah, no, but the wrestler is really the only one, like where it was like about wrestling. It's like 15
0: years ago too. So it's been a while, right? Yeah. So we could use, we could use something else. I'm like, and this is a real story too. Like, I don't think people, I think the name Carrie Von Eric has been out of, the cultural zeitgeist for long enough where I think most people don't know who that is. Like outside of our circles, like we all know who Carrie and Kevin Von Eric are. I don't think normal people who don't live in the Dallas Fort worth area would be familiar with that name anymore. So I think it's a chance to really tell a good story. I'm excited. God, I hope it's good.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I hope it's really good. Um, we got a couple more wrestling topics and then I want to get into the main event Um, just real quick. Uh, Tanahashi announced, or they announced that Impact announced that Tanahashi is going to challenge Alex Shelley for the Impact title coming don't up at Multiverse don't do United.
0: Don't do this to yourself.
1: They should put the fucking belt I'm, on Tanahashi.
0: Don't, don't, don't do not don't this. You yourself have said these are not serious people. Like, yes. they're not going to put, first of all, Tanahashi is not Hiroshi Tanahashi. If no. uh, the Maxwell Jacob Freeman match did not teach you that, I don't know what will. He is not Hiroshi he, he, Tanahashi.
1: He has looked better in the G1 than he did in that match. So I don't know if they just gave him some pain shots for his knees or something. But he's moving around a little bit better. But now you're going to get Tanahashi after G1. The current Tanahashi, who's barely moving, and then he's going to go through all the G1. And then they're going to put him in a world title match on pay-per-view. <laughs> it's probably not going to be. Not, not Well, it's still Tanahashi and Alex Shelley, right? Like, th- those, are, they're be, great. Like, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. Be-
0: yeah. Max got a good match out of Tanahashi, good enough match out yeah. of Tanahashi. Like, I think yeah. it'll be, I think it'll be fine. I think putting the impact world title on him in the year of our 2023 might not be the move.
1: <laughs> I, you know what I I would love for a gold watch type of moment with a Tanahashi winning an American championship. I know it's just impact. It's a smaller championship, but I think that would be really cool. Um, But I, Impact already kind of has the wheels in motion where they're going to be headlining Bound for Glory with Josh Alexander and Alex Shelley. So uh, clearly, I don't think they're going to do that. So no, um, it would
0: it would entertain me greatly because yes. again, they're, in my mind, there is a great Josh Alexander Hiroshi Tanahashi match. Oh yeah, I think that was probably three or four years ago that that was mm-hmm. that could have happened. But yeah, you
1: know, yeah, yeah. yeah. Not not gonna happen. Impact also announced they're so finally going back to the UK. Uh they got a tour coming out, like a three day tour. So that's pretty exciting cool. for them. For um you. so here's what I really want to talk about. J D, are you ready? I'm ready. Uf- UFOs are back. Yes. They are they are back with a vengeance. So earlier this week in front of Congress. This
0: happened, by we, the way. People people who aren't paying attention. What Mike is about to tell you actually happened. Continue.
1: So we had two eyewitnesses, Navy pilots. One is Commander David Fravor. He's a retired Navy uh, pilot. Commander and a pilot, that is a high-ranking pilot. So this is no scrub, right? And then you had Lieutenant Ryan Graves. He's not retired, so he doesn't get to keep his rank. Um, but a former, former Navy pilot. They both gave their firsthand witness accounts in front of Congress. And why is that important? Because not a lot of new information came out of that. But here's why it's important. These men raised their right hand and swore – Oath in front of Congress with the penalty of perjury hanging over their heads and told their story. Similarly, David Grush, the most credible, the most credible UAP UFO um, testimony that we've ever heard, just come from David Grush. He has personally not witnessed these things firsthand but here's what here's what david grush did and to 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 go back to a previous episode david grush former uh former uh, intelligence officer in the air force got out of the Air force went to uh, went to the defense intelligence agency the national geospatial agency the ngo yada yada well anyway he gets he gets assigned to the uap task force um and his job was to um to Interview and provide briefings for the head of the UAP task force and for the head of the Defense Intelligence Agency. He had to interview over forty eyewitnesses that have been on the crash retrieval program. These guys that have gone out there and retrieved crashed UAPs, um, where where they have crashed and stuff like that. he's had to interview them, get all of their information, and then brief the head of the DIA. Um, and the DIA has basically denied that uh, any of the stuff that David just said is true. Um, but he actually went in front of Congress and swore and gave sworn testimony under criminal perjury laws that, that all of this is true. He says he interviewed over 40 government officials with firsthand knowledge of UAP crash retrievals as part of his duties in the UAT, UAP task force. He stated that people have been hurt trying to reverse engineer these UAPs. And here's where it gets even more interesting. He testified under the oath that the government has recovered crashed UAPs with non-human pilots. He said non-human organics, but he's, he means aliens, guys, and he already said – so he said this to the media, right, and he didn't – he has a lot more information that he can't say because the people hearing the information need to have a top-secret clearance, and he is um, he is a patriot through and through. He will not break his clearance, right, so he will not give classified information to the people that can't have it. Right, which is every which is me, which is everybody. we can't get that information. so he has a lot more information to share if they were able to get inside of a skiff, which is uh, a, a room where you're not allowed to take your cell phone then no outsiders can come in um, and only top secret clearances are allowed in there and he is willing to to testify to them under oath and give them all of the information um, that he has. and um, Congressman Tim Burchett, Congressman Luna and Congressman Matt Gates, they're all in on this stuff. They're they're ready to go. They want to get this information. Um, this was probably as far as like UFO, like the UFO phenomenon, this might have been the biggest moment in the history of the UFO phenomenon. It's fucking aliens, man. We got aliens, bro. I'm telling you. I
0: dude, insane. Non bi or biological organics was the term. Non human non human biological. Not right? human biologics. Not human biologics. biologics I'm, I'm opening words. Yeah. non human so, biologics. Yeah. Wow. That's, uh, yeah. Mike, that's absolutely horrifying. Like I, <laughs> it scares me beyond the, the concept of rational thought, to yeah. be quite frank.
1: So you got to hear commander David Fravor. If you just go into your Apple podcast and you put in David Fravor UFO, um, or are you going to Spotify? He has been on a few different podcasts and it'll come up. His story of encountering a UFO while he was off the coast of uh, San Diego off the Nimitz. So this UFO that he's talking about is like a 40 foot sphere, a sphere, sorry, sphere. He said it kind of looked like a propane tank and it was just hovering over the ocean. So he went to go and count. He was at 20,000 feet. That thing was about at 5,000 feet and he could see it from his plane and they captured it on his radar but unfortunately they kept jamming the radar the object and then he went to go and counter it and he had a a wingman like essentially another plane that was above him um watching his back and so you had two different pilots two different wingman and two different aircrafts all watching this stuff um happen and this thing is like going starting at zero and then moving at a, a speed faster than anything they've ever seen before and then it just shot up into the sky and disappeared when they went to go encounter it. And then it came back again, and then and it hovered back in that same place. He said this thing had the ability to go shoot down in the water, shoot back up into space, and come back down faster than anything you can ever think of. He said that technology um, is nothing that we've ever seen humans be able to make. It defies all laws of physics as we know it right now. And the, and the U.S. government has access to it, and they're not talking about it.
0: They can't, right? Like – my dad always said that if, alien, if this, he was convinced of this, if UFOs were real, that would be the end of not life as we know it, but it would be the end of like, he said, religion. He he was like, yeah, this very anti-religious stance on this, saying that if aliens are real, then it would destroy religion. I don't know if he's right about that, but okay. I mean, like, I get why I don't completely understand why the government would cover that up because people... We don't handle things very well. Like, as this I'm a, a human being is rational, right? Man, humanity not rational. We get into you know mass hysteria is a real thing. And if you just and again, like the fact that this didn't get more. Press is astounding to me, but I remember there's a line in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the movie 2 that I out that I love. It's sometimes the, the best Ouse. secret of the ooze starring Kevin Nash. uh, to bring it all back to wrestling. Sometimes <laughs> the best way to hide is right out in front. Mm-hmm. So you have these things right out in the open, and then people just go, What's no way? And they write it off. But yeah, it happened and we said it. And it's just like freaks me out, man. Freaks me out.
1: So during During that, um so the Lieutenant Ryan Graves runs a, a company like a contract company, and what they do is just gather information um, about not not just UAPs, but anything that violates um, airspace It could be harmful to pilots because he was a lifelong pilot, right? Um, and he said that there was a a UFO that came to Vandenberg Air Force Base in 2003, that was a square the size of a football field that hovered in the sky, and there were eight eyewitness accounts that are Boeing engineers, because on the south side of base there, so Vandenberg's divided into two parts, because I was stationed there for four years. Um, It's divided into two parts. There's There's the south side, which is where we have the the NASA launch complex, the SpaceX, and all the other space launch complexes. And then we have our Boeing engineers, where they have these like hangars and stuff, where they're doing all kinds of, you know, work and yada yada yada. Well, they they witness this thing um, for forty five seconds, hover over the sky, and then disappear like that. And then it came back twenty four hours later. And this has been out there, but this was never reported anywhere. Um, and then they got that under oath and sworn testimony in front of Congress on the public record, totally insane. And then also on top of that, um, Matt Gates, who is a—he's a—he's a douchebag. Let's be honest. I'm look. What I'm mean, not saying that because he's. I'm, I'm not saying that because he's a Republican. Like because Tim Burchett, Republican, seems like a great guy. Uh, I'm probably. I'm pretty sure that he votes. Like differently than me, like you would probably vote for like a social issue that I would vote against, but he seemingly treats everybody cool and he's not like a flaming asshole, right? He just happens to be like uh, on the other side of the aisle as me. And then you got Congress Maluna who's, who's a Democrat from Florida, right? So they all three heard about a UFO sighting at Eglin Air Force Base. They all three went together. Um, and they were denied access to the base commander. Denied them access to the pilots that witnessed this stuff, which is fishy, right? These are congressmen and women, right? So they went went over there, and finally they fought like hell, and they were able to get access with one pilot, and he said that they encountered a a sphere, kind of similar to what we've heard in the past with different UFOs. Not a saucer; it was more like a sphere. And, um, and it jammed the radar system. It did all the stuff, but they were able to take an iPhone picture of it. And he said what that what that UAP did defied anything that they've ever seen before. So now we have actual congressional members, members of Congress, different sides of the aisle. It's not like a one-sided issue. And then you saw all the Congress people that were there. It was very divided, Democrat and Republican. Like you had AOC and you had Matt Gates on the same panel firing away and treating these witnesses with dignity. It was the craziest thing because anytime anybody ever speaks about ufos they get treated like they're crazy people they get denounced as a conspiracy theorist well it's different now and i think it's because you have high-ranking military officials and 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 experienced pilots coming out coming forward and then now you got this guy david grush who is really changing the narrative on this stuff he he's very intelligent and that he calls it non-human organics or biologics non-human biologics as opposed to saying alien you know what i mean Mm-hmm. You're right, right. And they call it a craft of non-human origin as opposed to alien spacecraft because when you do that, then they get – they label you, but he's speaking at it from an intelligent level and framing it differently, and now people are starting to take notice. You you got – CNN was covering this thing, right? Like uh, I saw – there were some stories come up from Fox News. News Nation has done a very good job of taking – treating this seriously and, and treating this whole thing with dignity. This is a huge story and I think it's only gonna get bigger from here. We're gonna have more people testifying. They're hopefully they get into that skiff and talk to David Grush before, you know, the people out there that want to kill him actually kill him because that could happen. Is that shadow government is real, right? Before any of that happens. So but the more public he is, the less likely it's going to happen, right? So I think he needs to keep himself out there in the public. So um I, I think they're gonna get more information. Now look, until I actually see an alien, I'm not gonna believe that they got one. Until I actually see it, right? But I'm on the side that they got the aliens.
0: I don't know what to say about this, man. Like, this is stuff that, like, as a kid, I was convinced Roswell was real. Convinced. As I grew up, I realized, ah, uh, probably not, probably was a weather, probably was not a, quite a weather balloon, but some, you know, they were probably testing some stuff.
1: It was, they were testing some spy stuff, yeah, but here, so. here's where, here's where they, here's where they, fu- oh no, sorry, go ahead and finish your story, but I'm oh, going to no, tell no, you where no. the Air Force fucked up on that one.
0: Oh, let, uh, speaking from, as an Air Force person, I would like to hear this, continue. Well,
1: okay, the, the Army Air Corps. Was the Air Force before it was the Air Force, right? So the Army Air Corps, Air Force, underneath the Army. So let's blame the Army for Roswell. We'll, we'll go ahead and blame the Army since <laughs> I am in the Air Force. I don't want to blame the Air Force. Continue. So here, here's their. So initially, when the when the thing happened, it was, it was reported within the Air Force that it was a UFO, a flying saucer. That was the initial report that came from the military. So Roswell was an Army Air Corps base, right? The Mm -hmm. initial reports that came out was that it was a flying saucer that crashed, right? And then they walked that back. So that was mistake number one. Mistake number two, they said that it was just a weather balloon. But here's the problem. There were eyewitness accounts that saw them have um, uh, like litters, like stretchers with bodies in body bags on Mm -hmm. it. But they said it was an unmanned weather balloon, right? And so they denied that that ever happened. Well, when they came out with a report in 1997 to, to try to put an end to all of this because the X-Files craze was going on. And so Bill Clinton had his team trying to uncover the UFO stuff in the 90s. Um, and they finally got the Air Force to do a deep dive uh, trying to debunk it. They, they said that it was different, like, spy craft. They were trying to spy on Russia, and they were unmanned right? But they had dummies inside the crafts and then the craft crashed and they put the dummy in a body bag. That is the dumbest thing I ever heard in my life. Why would you put a dummy in a body bag? It makes no sense. Bullshit
0: I've ever heard in my entire life.
1: Exactly. Exactly. So, so it's like, okay, maybe, you know, I'm willing to believe that we, we had something out there that we didn't want anybody to know about. It was spy stuff. Right. And then we were hoping to spy on Russia from New Mexico far away from russia by the way but let's just go with it right and then yeah, it crashed. The, opposite,
0: the opposite way you'd have to go over china yeah yeah
1: yeah, yeah. so and and then it and then it crashed they could have said well we had a pilot but unfortunately what they didn't have is like the name of a pilot and all this and that that maybe they weren't willing to get into like operation mincemeat type of stuff so they just they just said oh no they were dummies um and we had them in body bags That's where, so like, and then they they used that and they tried to debunk the whole thing and then they denounced everybody as being crazy um, for for thinking that maybe they had aliens. So I, I, and then, and then of course they transported everything up to USAF or not USAFSN, but uh, Dayton, Ohio, Wright Patterson Air Force Base outside of Fairborn, Ohio. uh, BJ Bethel's neck of the woods. So BJ is in close proximity to the aliens, honestly. I buy that. Um, We would call that today gaslighting.
0: Yeah. You're all crazy. You're crazy. There's no aliens. Crazy. You're all being crazy. Why are you being so crazy? You know that's pretty much what they just. <laughs> that's pretty much how that whole thing went down. Um, there are a lot of interesting discoveries made in the 20th century that seem to come out of like nowhere, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm not a. I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but uh, it's been very, it's very. M- Do you realize the vast majority of of like scientific advancements happened between the years of 1900 and 2000. And since 2000, it's gotten even crazier,
1: you know? um, Yeah. So, so check, check this out. I'll check it out. So when, when was the, when was the civil war fought?
0: Uh, 18, I believe 1861 to 1865.
1: Right. So the last, um, the, the, um, the last surviving member of the civil war was born in 1850. Right. And then in by. So, and then in the Civil War, all they had were guns and cannons, right? By World War II, during the span of that person's lifetime, they died shortly after World War. II, right around World War II, we had a nuclear bomb. How incredible is that? Like, just just think about it. That's that's less than a hundred years, right there. Mm-hmm. Right, that's the span of somebody's lifetime. We went from we went from muskets and cannons to a nuclear bomb, an atom bomb. That, that killed hundreds of thousands of people, right? <laughs> in, in one fell swoop. Well, two two of them. There's two bombs, but yeah. So like that's just, that's incredible. So now you're telling me that we can't have spacecraft coming from outer space. You know what I mean? It's like, you're you're telling me that that's not possible when they just discovered that the, that the galaxy or outside the galaxy, like the universe is twice as big as they originally thought, right? That they're finding new planets. There's this planet X out there. That that people are talking about, like, dude, this thing is, of, of course, uh, how could it not happen?
0: If the universe is as big as we think, an infinite, right? We have an infinite yeah. universe. The idea that we are this grand cosmic mistake is arrogant. I think to think yeah. that we are the only planet in the universe that has life is silly to me. There has to be life now. Whether or not it can travel across great distances is that's up for that's up for. Debate. Our good friend Josiah sent us a nice little dissertation. That's the best word I can think of for it. Like, he believes these are actually, you know, uh, things that exist transdimensionally. Yeah. I don't know, man. I, it's Sure.
1: Why? I mean, I'm, I'm, that was maybe. that I was mean, one of the things Grush said in front of Congress yeah he was he was dimensions. talking about
0: the different dimensions and he was comp- he was trying to describe all the graphics and how he was comparing it to shadows and how a shadow falls upon something i never felt more stupid in my entire life listening to him trying to describe <laughs> different yeah. dimensions like i was just like sure i mean i'm of the- to think that this is all that there is out there i think is arrogant and foolish um Part of me wonders if the reason why the word is getting out for all this is to soften us up to the fact that not that they are coming, but that they've already been here and have been here for quite some time.
1: You know, UFO sightings predates America. Oh yeah, right. chariot, of,
0: chariot the <laughs> gods, man. My mom read this yeah. book in the seventies because she was weird. Called chariot to the gods. It was basically about all how aliens formed, like you know, it was basically ancient aliens in the seventies, yeah. right? How aliens formed, like all the the great cities of yesterday and stuff like that. And people say, well, that's pretty racist to think that just because people were to civilize Europe didn't mean they could do something, you know? Which I kind of agree with. However, you are correct in the assumption that, and not assumption, the assertion that. People have been spotting UFOs for as long as people have been looking up to the sky.
1: Yeah, yeah. They, there's like in, in Asian civilizations, they have these UFO stories. They have like the 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 art, the drawings on their walls and stuff like that from these ancient buildings and stuff with UFOs, mm-hmm. saucer-like stuff, sphere-like stuff, and now we got squares and and yada yada yada. So this thing isn't isn't an American problem. We just happen to have the most advanced. Technology and the most advanced government that's out there, and we have people willing to stand up to it to to release this stuff. But there there's people fighting for it in the UK. There's been there's Mm -hmm. been sightings in India. There's been sightings in Baghdad. There's been sightings in Mexico. There's been sighting in Brazil. Every Australia, yeah yeah Brazil Australia. There's been sightings everywhere, right? And there's there's an idiot. One of the Congress people. He's from Missouri, and he's he um, he was. uh, Acting as a skeptic, right? And he goes, "Well, I'm from I'm from Missouri, so you got to show me." Shut the fuck up, you idiot! I get to show me state. You're a stupid dummy. That I'm
0: guy scared. really. That dude thought really long and hard about that. he yeah. Thought like he planned that. I was like, I got a zinger. I yeah. got a zinger ready for this guy, dork.
1: Yeah, Um, and then and then of course Grush just destroyed him. By the way, Um, (laughs) saying I will like get me in a skiff and I will show you. Basically, is kind of what he was saying. So, um, and then people are does does uh, does anyone have the balls to do it though? Are they gonna can can that happen? Can they get him
0: in a skiff where he can say here is here is what I can't? You know, is that possible?
1: Can that can that happen? You know what? I I think I think that it can. Because we have bipartisan support, and not only in the Congress but in it's the The Senate. only thing
0: we have bipartisan support for us yeah, is like- yeah.
1: They- Chuck, Chuck Schumer, he is the Senate Majority Leader. He has taken over for um, for Harry Reid, who was big into this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, Harry Reid is no longer with us. So Chuck Schumer, look, I'm not a big fan of Chuck Schumer either, but he seems to be like, hey, I'm willing to support this, right? And he wants to do like a um, um, a pass a bill to release the the records on this stuff, much like they passed a bill years ago about the JFK assassination please don't get me started on that one it's coming up on the 60th anniversary and i'll go down a rabbit hole my wife will be mad let's wait downstairs watching jk jfk videos
0: let's wait till november when we have a (laughs) slow week sir then we'll then we've got some some stuff to talk about yeah because i too have thoughts upon this subject but yeah
1: Yeah, So, but I I think getting stuff like that released and revealed and and whatnot is going to be difficult. I think that there's enough public support that the Congress can at least get inside of a SCIF and get the clearances necessary to be able to receive this information Um, from not only David Grush, but I think that the the inspector general uh, of the intelligence community that he put his whistleblower complaint to because he has actually had – um retaliation on this stuff. And so um hopefully they get both of those people in the room and they can divulge the information that's been released within the intelligence community. So that, that's that's the hope and I think that's the next step.
0: That'd be interesting to see because like you say, like you are I like your shadow government's conspiracy things. I laugh at them because it the truth scares me otherwise <laughs> to, <laughs> like it's too yeah. terrifying to think about it being you know the the reality. Um, yeah. If this were Russia our friend would have a, a little uh, cup of polonium tea waiting for him. Fortunately, this is the United States, and that doesn't happen. Hopefully, hopefully,
1: Hope, hopefully, hopefully, hopefully. But we are going to talk about JFK later this year, in November. So, so <laughs> oh, we've
0: heard, <laughs> the, the plans have been made. We are we will the Thanksgiving episode. We will be discussing.
1: JFK. <laughs> yeah jfk but hey i hope i didn't scare everybody i know we only talked a little bit of wrestling but uh, there wasn't much to talk about but slow week slow news week but hey we managed to get a you know an hour and 20 minutes so uh i'd call that a good episode man um hey everybody head over to patreon.com slash fight game media where you can get more premium content and we have an episode for free this week from our old friend scott e rustling he's doing some joshi talk um, and his Josh talk always does really well for us. He's uh, one of the best guys on the network. So mm-hmm. everybody go and support him and support uh, Fight Game Media, man, and uh, and continue to support us. Like, share, review our, our recap and comment our our YouTube videos, please, and share our uh, share our podcast after you get done listening to it. Thank you, everybody, and until next week, Mahalo.